Good morning. Uh, podcast time again. Um, I think actually I'll start with a little bit of current affairs. Um, a while back, I, I don't know, a couple of three, four weeks ago, I looked at my passport and uh, realised that it, it had run out uh, last year in April. So I thought, oh, OK, I better renew it. You never know, you know. So uh, I go, in, you know, I start the process of, of renewing it, go online uh, and you can actually get the passport online. But uh, the problem was the passport picture um, it has to be digital. Uh, and that turned out to be more or less a nightmare, really. I mean, uh, you know, I did, we've got a, a photographer down in the village, Tina. So I went down to her. She's got a studio, the whole 10 yards, you know, everything's the way it's supposed to be. So we did a picture and uh, then the problem was getting it f from uh, my computer over to their their site, the Irish Embassy. Um, it took about half a day. <laughs> and... Uh, finally got it over there and then it wasn't you know I, it was you know too close or something like that something was wrong with it so uh, back down to Tina again and did another one that wasn't good enough either and on the third go we finally managed to give, get one that uh, they accepted so you know finished up the finished up the whole application uh, paid online um and um, a couple of three days go by and I get a letter f or I get an email from, from them asking me what my, what my mother's maiden name was. And I'm thinking, what's my mother's maiden name got to do with anything? So I, so I wrote, uh, you know, what her name was and then fine, you know. So it went through and I got a mail saying that I would receive the passport within the next 10 working days. Grand. So, <laughs> on Monday last, I go down to my mailbox and there's a little uh, receipt in there telling me from the post service that uh, they've delivered my package to the local uh, little post centre down, down in the village over here in Denmark. Basically, there are no post offices anymore. Um... I don't know why. I mean, it's it's. I don't know why they've decided to, yeah, close all these places down. It makes it makes no sense to me at all. Uh, and so, uh, basically, uh, there's there's there. One is in a like a little supermarket. Uh, this is where my my little package was supposed to be. Um, uh, there's one in a place where you can buy wood and tools and stuff, believe it or not. And then there's another one uh, in a computer shop. Um, but, of course, these people aren't trained to handle packages, really. Um, and the guy down where I had to go, he's a nice guy. It's, it's not like that, but... He's two bob short of a ten bob bit. I mean, he's he's not the brightest fellow on the planet. Let's put it that way. So anyway, 
I go down there and, uh, you know, I give him the receipt and I say, I, I want to pick up this package. And he says, uh, oh, he says, fine. So he scans this, this, the code on this little receipt and he says, oh, uh, we haven't got it. And I said, well, you can see the date on, 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 the, on the receipt. He said, yeah, I know. He said, but uh, we haven't got it. I said, okay, um, what does that mean? And he said, well, you know, we haven't got it. I said, yeah, I know, I, you know, I know you just said you haven't got it, but what does that mean? So anyway, we we're talking backwards and forwards, and uh, I said to him, listen, you know, maybe they're, they're just being optimistic and it will be here tomorrow. So I went down the following day, same thing. They, they didn't have it. And uh, in the end, he called this post postal service and uh they didn't they didn't know where it was either so you know meanwhile i'd, I'd actually tracked the package and in reality he could have thrown it in my letterbox but when they send you this passport they want you to sign for it and uh so if you're not at home which 99% of people aren't uh, on a Monday morning. Most people have gone to work. Uh, ergo, why are they driving around knocking on people's doors at that time of the day? I'm sure there'll be, you know, 5% of those people will be at home. Everyone else is gone. So why bother going around knocking on people's doors at 10, 10 11 o'clock on, on a Monday morning or any other morning for that matter, knowing full well that most people aren't at home. Why not just deliver it directly to the post centre down in the village or the, the little supermarket and then leave the little little receipt, which you, which they do anyway, and then you go down and pick it up. Anyway, so it ends up, I, I track the, the package right to my door. The guy, or whoever it was, I don't know if it was, a, it might have been a lady, um, was actually stood right outside my front door. Now, this, this little package had gone through multiple systems <laughs> all the way from Ireland, you know, big postal centres and sort, you know, sorted here and sorted there, all the way <laughs> to my front door. And somehow this person who was stood there with it in his, his or her hands lost this passport from my door a kilometre away <laughs> down to the uh, supermarket. So I then tried to ring this, call this postal service, and they just don't answer their telephone. Literally, they don't answer the telephone. I, I tried three times, one time for three hours, and uh, they just don't pick up. And um, it's disgraceful. Um so I then got in touch with the Irish consulate or embassy here in Denmark. And, uh, you know, luckily for me, uh, it's their responsibility, obviously, to make sure that I get that passport in my hands. Uh, uh, and obviously, I didn't want to leave it for too long. Um, because it's a passport. And if it falls into the wrong hands, you don't know what, you know, you don't know what the hell could happen, you know, so... They're now on the case. Uh, I told her, you know, they, they, you know, they, 
I've called them multiple times. They don't answer. She said, I guarantee you they'll answer when we call them. I thought, well, that's fine. I said, but here's the thing. Meanwhile, you owe me a passport. And she said, yeah, don't worry. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out. We'll get in touch with them. And if they can't seem to locate it, we will send you a new one. So all's fine and dandy with that. But, oh, I mean, you just need to... I mean, with all this technology and stuff, you know, it's, it's supposed to make life easier. If you ask me, <laughs> it's just... I've never in my life... I know, I've probably had about four or five passports. Never have I had so much trouble getting one. Uh, and this will probably be the last one. Um, uh, thank God. God knows what you'll have to go through ten years from now <laughs> to get one. Anyway... Um, I think uh, this this week we'll move on uh, to uh, my time down in Australia. Um, originally, I went down. Uh, I went down on a student visa, and uh, that meant that you could be down there for a year. Well, no, I think it was six months. You could get to stay there for six months, and you were allowed to do seasonal work. Um, and you could then uh, extend that six months a further six months so in all a year but if you turned up um, after the first six months and you were penniless or something like that then they I think uh, would be less inclined to to let you stay longer but you know I wasn't penniless anyway so um <laughs> I was just thinking, I remember uh, <laughs> a couple of days before I, le I left Germany to go on that trip. And it was all, you know, I went down through Asia and India and whatnot and, you know, hung out there for a while too. Um, but a couple of days beforehand, I'd, uh, before I left, uh, and I mean, this was going to be a, you know, a mega trip, a couple of, you know, a couple of three years I was going to be gone, you know. But I went out to visit an old girlfriend of Connor's, my brother Connor, out out the countryside, out near the Austrian border. She bought this old, this little old farm. Um, so I, I don't know, I went out to see her, to visit her, you know, to say goodbye and whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, that was pleasant enough, you know, spent a couple of three days out there with her and... Um, there was like a community of them out there. There were all these sort of hippie people and that. And um, anyway, uh, I'm going back to Munich, and uh, you know, and a couple of days later, I'm getting on board an aeroplane and off I go. But so I. Uh, you know, this friend of hers is around one night anyway, and, and the night before, that was it. And she's, we're talking away, and I, I, I think Angelica, she was going to drive me to the local train station or something, and I was going to take the train back to Munich. Um, but this this lady, she, uh, she had to go up somewhere, off somewhere, to look after uh, milk cows for the summer or something like that. I know it was something like that. And... Uh, she said, "Oh well, listen, I'm I'm driving through Munich on my way to the, to this job, so uh, you can just come with me tomorrow if you're ready in the morning." I said, "Yeah, great, you know." 
So that's fine, you know. Off she goes and see you in the morning and whatnot. And uh, meanwhile, Angelica gives me this big, yeah, I wouldn't say it was completely full, but it wasn't, it was reasonably full, like plastic shopping bag um, of Mariana, Marijuana. <laughs> and says, um, as you're going, you know, past these other people we knew in Munich, can you give them this for me? And I said, yeah, you know, no problem. You know, I didn't, I, you know, it wasn't, a, it didn't, I didn't think about it. I just said, yeah, no, no problem. So, um, your woman comes in the morning and she's got this sort of little Volkswagen Beetle and it's bloody, you know, hand painted with all sorts of, I don't know, well, there's, you know, all sorts of no nukes and peace signs and got, it was, you know, it looked like it belonged in a bloody circus and it's full of all these bags and boxes and uh, there was hardly any room for me. And it was a great big, uh, she had a great big Great uh, great Dane dog as well. How, the, how we managed to fit in the thing, <laughs> God knows. But we did and, you know, I went over and I threw my my backpack in the, in the back. I didn't have much stuff with me. And I just took this bag and stuck it under the passenger seat, you know. Anyway... Off we go, get onto the, the main road on our way in towards Munich. And we didn't drive very far. I think it wasn't, definitely wasn't more than five, six, ten kilometres. And I look up and there's a great big police roadblock. And they're there with machine guns and all sorts, you know. And I, and I, I thought, oh shit, you know. There's a big bag of fucking marijuana, marijuana, right under my seat. So I could see they were stopping some cars, but not other cars. I thought maybe they won't stop us. Then I looked at her, looked at me, thought about, this, you know, the way the car looked. <laughs> I thought they're definitely going to stop us. So my heart's going is going at you know full rate. I mean, it's really. I'm re I'm thinking. Oh my god! My, my whole life flashed in front of me. To be honest with you. Um, and of course, we get we get pulled aside, you know? and so we pull up, and these two young policemen come over to the car, and she immediately goes on the attack. This this woman and starts calling them Nazis, and you know what you know what. Uh, <laughs> What kind of a place was it where we were, you know, peaceful people going along and we get pulled over and blah, blah, and she's gone really going at them. And I'm thinking, shut up. You know, I mean, don't, you know, shut up. <laughs> and they're looking at her and I'm thinking, you know, the more you, you know, if you keep going on, they're going to rip this car to pieces and then we're both going to be in trouble. Um, and she's going on and on. And, and, and anyway, the next thing you know, one of these young policemen, he comes around to my side and uh, I'm sitting there, I have my guitar with me. And um, he says, uh, what's in the guitar case? I said, a, a guitar. And he said, uh, take it out, you know, take it out of the case. I said, well, you know, I'll have to get out of the car to do that. So uh, I get out of the car and I, I get the guitar out. And uh, I then started playing um, some flamenco. I, I like playing flamenco jazz, or at least I used to. And uh, he's sort of, I'm trying to sort of get his focus on me. 
The dog got out too, and he's looking at this beautiful dog. It was, and that's sort of running around a bit. So he's kind of looking at that too, and I'm playing away. <laughs> like my life fucking depended on it. And uh, then he says to me, uh, he, uh, he wanted to see my Ausweis, which means he wanted to see my papers. Um, and this this thing called an Aufenthaltserlaubnis. This is, uh, if you're a, a foreigner staying in Germany, you get this Aufenthaltserlaubnis, which is a, like a visa. And you have to have it on you all the time, which I normally did have. But this one time, of course, I'd left it at home in Munich. So uh, I said to him, listen, you know, I said, my name's Piers Henry Stagg. Um, I live in this and this address in Munich. Uh, I said, believe it or not, I've just been out here for a couple of days visiting a friend and I forgot to bring it with me. I said, but I'm sure if you get there, this great big, you know, great big lorry with a great big container thing on the back where they had all the aerials going off it and whatnot. And uh, I said, I'm sure if you check that name out, then you'll uh, you'll find me in your system. I'm an Irish guy. And he said, OK, and he's looking away. And I'm playing away. <laughs> playing away. And uh, next thing you know, he sticks his head in, in the car. And his head's about, I don't know, two feet from this big bag of marijuana stuck under the seat. And I said, there's all sorts of bags and stuff and boxes. She had loads of stuff in his car. And uh, I thought he's going to smell it. That's it. We're done. And uh, there goes my trip. Uh, you know, uh, back then, uh, it was a big deal. You know, if you got caught with hashish or marijuana or anything like that, you know, you got, you could get a 10-year sentence for it. Uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't a joke. Um... And I thought, I, mean, I said, my whole life flashed in front of my eyes. I thought, how stupid could you be? You know, and um, so he's there. And like, it's like the longest three, four seconds of my life. I thought he's going to smell it. And uh, he pulls his head out then and looks at me. And he said, right. Uh, he walks off then, goes up to this this you know big lorry there's loads of the other policemen there and um all got these big bloody machine guns and stuff and um and he, he goes in the back of this great big container thing and uh she's still going <laughs> she's still giving the other guy a right going over about being a nazi and all this stuff and i'm thinking shut up <laughs> Cause she didn't know, she didn't know that we, you know, we had this bag in uh, in the car. I hadn't told her. I didn't. I didn't think about it. Um. So, next thing you know, about five, six of them come over, and I can see there's like an older guy, and he's got a different hat on, and obviously, you know, he's obviously a, an officer or you know higher above them. Comes over, and I'm looking at him. And he comes over towards me, and he and he shapes out. I'll see you on the black water. I said, uh, what? He said, I'll see you on the black water. I said, uh, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, he said, I go fishing there every year in Ireland. There's a river called the black water in Ireland. And um, this guy went fishing there every year. 
and uh, I said, oh, uh, <laughs> I said, oh, then you, you know, you'll have to, uh, you'll have to connect up with my father. Then Dad used to fish a lot. Um, anyway, we got talking away about that, and he's a real nice, happy guy, and. Um, Oh, you know, and you know, you do realise that you have to always have your um, your papers on you. And I said, well, <laughs> I said, I know. I said, and I always do. But this one time, I forgot to bring them with me. And I said, but I, I guess you probably checked out who I am. I've been living here for four or five years. Uh, that's my address, blah, blah. And he said, fine. He said, uh, he kind of looked at the car then and he said, okay, uh, you can go. So I got in the car and... Uh, She's still shouting out the window at him as we're driving off and stuff. And I'm thinking, shut up. <laughs> so anyway, um, the whole way to Munich. She's complaining about, you know, the police state we were living in and all this stuff. And uh, I didn't say no. I never said anything to her about it. Uh, but I, the whole way, I'm just thinking, thinking to myself, you, sweetheart, you don't really know how lucky we are, and and I realised sort of afterwards that probably uh, the fact that she reacted the way she did probably helped the situation because it was a you know that's the kind of person she was. She reacted in a normal way to what she thought was an infringement on her her you know right for, rights of freedom or whatnot, and um, so actually she she helped the situation more than 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 hindered it. Um, by quite, I'll tell you what, I never ever, you know, I'd never done it before, and I bloody well, <laughs> I bloody well never ever did anything like that again. It's great, stupid, stupid thing to do. But of course, as it turned out, I think there was something they were looking for weapons or something like that. That people were, there were some people smuggling weapons or something. I, I, somebody told me why they were doing this control near the near the Austri Aust austrian border um anyway we oh jeez I'm, I'm sweating just thinking about it now <laughs> uh you know we we got away with it um but anyway so um i get down to australia and uh it just so turns out that um my brother cormac's getting married up in uh, up in the north and i i mean i i mean i I get to originally to to Melbourne in Victoria and uh, land there, and I stayed there a couple of days, and then I um, I think I took a bus to Brisbane, and then I hitchhiked from Brisbane all the way up to this place, Airlie Beach, where where it, they were living, and uh, we're going to get married, and. Um, that took a while. Um, it actually went pretty, pretty easily in, until the last. <laughs> typically, the last, the last day, I got dropped off in. Oh, I can't remember the name of the town. I think it was Mackay or something like that. Um, um, it was wasn't you know in Australian terms very far from Airlie Beach, but these people were I don't know they were going in off or they were stopping or something like that so uh i didn't make it the last uh couple of three hours up to early that last night which uh which sucked but i mean then the following day i 
hitched uh, up there and uh, it was all hunky-dory. But, I mean, it, it was like a, a typical wedding. Um, um, lots of drama. Um, you know, people crying and, oh, God, it was, it was, it was a right, a typical wedding, you know, and, um, on the actual day of the wedding, I got drunk as the, I mean, I ended up, we got down, they got married on this great big sailing ship, a square rigger, and we sailed out into the Whitsunday Islands, it was beautiful, I mean, the water there was just this beautiful turquoise blue, I mean, it's a gorgeous place. Um, you know, on this great big old sailing ship, and this is where they were going to get married. Now, that was fine and dandy, but um, Robin, his wife, decided to be fashionably late. So we literally stood there for at least half an hour, if not 45 minutes, waiting for her to come. And um, <laughs> old Com's looking at his watch and stuff, like, you know, have I been stood up and that? And... Um, so on this on this great big boat that and I'm I'm not I'm not joking and they had these great big dustbin size barrels full of uh, as as it turned out to be rum and Coca Cola <laughs> and it's hot you know um, very hot so I'm sort of drinking these to you know to sort of I don't know just to you know get some some uh, um, some kind of liquids in me, you know. And uh, by the time old Rob turns up, I'm drunk as a skunk. <laughs> so we sail out anyway, and uh, I'm falling around all over this boat. And um, we get then to... You know, it was a beautiful wedding. And uh, what I saw of it, and... Uh, <laughs> We get back then, you know, some hours later, back into shore, and then we went off up to this uh, this place where they were going to have the reception, and uh, you know, the people, sort of the important people, guests, were sort of up on this dais, up on the platform, sort of raised platform, you know, and uh, I, as I obviously thought, well, you know, I should be up there. Um, I'm a member of the family, you know, blah blah, and. Uh, Obviously, you know, they didn't want me in my state <laughs> sitting up there with them. So I'm sort of trying to get up and Com's going, no, no, P, no, you're over there, you know, over in the corner somewhere. So I then got indignant about that and uh, I sat at this table there and um, with these other people, angry about the fact that I wasn't up in the, with the important people. <laughs> so... I waited, I, I, well, I, it wasn't on purpose, but I, it, it turned out that just as every everyone had quietened down and the first person was about to make their speech to the bride and groom, I got up in the middle of it all <laughs> and walked out of the, walked out of the reception and um, walked home. Jeez, I'll tell you what, if I'd known how far it was to walk back to bloody where, where their house was, I, uh, I never would have done it. Um... But it sobered me up. I will say that. I'll tell you that. You know, by the time I got back to where they lived, I was, I was definitely sober. And um, oh boy, the following morning, 
I, I wasn't looking too bloody happy and, uh, you know, I obviously had to apologise to everybody and whatnot and, you know, the, the drink had gone to my head and whatnot. But as it turned out, that was it was that was nothing <laughs> in compared to uh, some of the stuff that went down in the next couple of three days. So, you know, it was no big deal. Anyway, listen, we now are down in Australia and um, I've got some good stories coming for you. And... Uh, um hopefully you'll get them next time you never know i might end up telling another bloody story if i get reminded of it. i got a great one about my dad uh i got reminded of yesterday anyway listen uh you guys have a really nice day um i hope you're all happy there where you are and i'll see you soon bye now